0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. We're going to read just real quick, it'll come on the screen, Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. If you have it, you can turn, or if not, just look at the screen, we're going to read this. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho, speaking of Jesus, with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging, doing what he had always done. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. They said, Shut up, bro. It's too noisy. Be quiet. No one cares. But he cried out all the more. Those that, that were trying to push him down ended up stirring him. And he comes back and he cries out even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus is saying to Jesus, uh, I need help. He's saying, have mercy on me. He's saying, this isn't, this isn't, uh, this isn't working. God. How I've been doing things is not working. I need, I need something from You. I need You to have mercy on me. Essentially, He's sort of saying, I've got, I've got issues in my life. I don't know about the rest of the people here amongst this crowd or by the roadside, but I can only speak for me and my life. I need You, Jesus, and I need You now. That's what He was saying. I wonder... I wonder if someone came into church this morning with that same heart. I've been in lots of services. But I came this morning. I may not be blind in the natural, but I came this morning to say, Jesus, I know there's a lot of people in here, Jesus. I know that... We're perhaps going to read a story that we've read before and maybe even sing some songs that we've sung before. But I don't need a story. I don't need a sermon. I don't need a song. I don't need a... I need you and I need you now. I need a touch from God. Jesus, have mercy on me. I can't do it on my own. I know I look like I've got it all together, but I didn't come here with it all together. I came here with—I came here with some issues. I got some issues. That's why he was saying. They said to him, "Be quiet." He said, no one cares. No one cares, they were saying. No one cares because no one knows. It's interesting that the ones that were telling him to be quiet didn't know what it was like to live blind. They're saying, no one cares. No one knows. You don't care because you don't know what it's like to need him the way that I need him. So you might tell me to shut up. But I don't care what you say because you're not the one that I need. If it was you that could help me, then I would listen to what you had to say. But i got a need that you can't meet. So you're going to be quiet and I'm going to shout again and say I need a touch from heaven that no person can satisfy. I need help That the world cannot do. I need him. I need him. He said, "Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet." He said, "I got stuff." He said, "I can't be quiet." God's speaking to someone this morning, saying, "You've been listening to the voices of people for too long." The voices of the enemy in your mind for too long. They say, listen, and I'm not even talking about literal noise, but there's a voice of the enemy saying, just be quiet. Just be quiet. The Holy Spirit is stirring you. Week after week, you keep coming and something's happening in your heart and something's stirring in your heart. That the enemy says, be quiet. Listen, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's a subtle scheme of the enemy to stop you from your breakthrough. He said, be quiet. And he said, I, I, I can't be quiet. And he came back even hungrier. He says he shouted, oh, all the more. It's amazing. The effect opposition can sometimes have on our life. That the greater the opposition we face, the hungrier we can become if we choose to say, you know what? I'm not going to let this thing. The enemy's trying to tell me to settle. But I'm not going to let this thing cause me to settle. I'm going to take what the enemy's trying to use to hold me back and I'm going to flip it and use it to push me forward. I'm going to. Because I've got to get a breakthrough we keep reading i know you're standing but calories are burning so it's it's good look at this they want to be quiet he he shouted all the more said i need you jesus i need you so jesus stood still commanded him to be called he stopped where he was jesus stopped and said bring that dude they brought him jesus he says, bring him. And they called him. They said to the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. This is your moment. Get up. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I want to uh, I want to uh, just share some thoughts from this story. But uh, before you grab your seat, I need you to look at someone uh, as you sit down and I need you to tell them my uh, title for my sermon. Look at someone beside you and just say to them as you sit down, say, I've got issues. Say, so I've got issues. You can grab a seat. Turn to someone else. Maybe that person didn't believe you. Maybe the first person didn't believe you or maybe it was your spouse and they said, no, duh, I can tell you your issues. Turn to someone else and say, don't be fooled. I've got issues. Don't be fooled. This is what blind Bartimaeus was saying. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus, who had gone to the same spot every day for his whole life. It's amazing what the enemy can cause us to hold on to, because we just simply don't know any different. Bartimaeus, they suggest, has been blind His whole life. I think the things that hold us back the most in our purpose and in our destiny are the things that we've carried for so long that we actually don't know any different. Maybe it's mindsets that we've had all our life. Maybe it's something that has been generational that we've just hung on to. We've watched our parents do it. We've watched Other people in our life do it and we don't know any different. It's just what we've always done. See, um, how do you know what freedom looks like when you've never seen it? How does blind Bartimaeus, he doesn't even know what it would be like to see. Um, And that's why the word of God is so powerful. The Bible, it refers to it as being like a mirror. What it does is it reveals to me what I can be. The Word of God shows me, it speaks of a level of freedom that I can walk in, even if I've never seen it outworked in my life or in the lives of people around me. When I read the Word of God, it shows me. That's what John 10.10 was talking about when he said, I came to give you life and life to the full. Blind Bartimaeus had gone and sat at this spot every single day. And as people would walk by, he would beg. His people would go past him every single day, blind Bartimaeus, he's blind, he doesn't have any cash. So when people go past him, he asks them for cash. That's what he did. The Bible says that blind Bartimaeus, he was begging. He begged. That's what he did. Beggars did that. He was blind Bartimaeus. The Bible, we know it. We know this story. We know the Bible refers to him not just as Bartimaeus, but blind Bartimaeus. Because if you struggle with something for long enough and listen to the lies of the enemy and other people for long enough, your issue will then become your identity. And now his, his issue has become his identity. Now it's not just what he does. It's who he is. He's blind Bartimaeus. And he sits in the roadside and people, people go past him. And he cries out to them. And he asks them uh, for money or he asks them for food. This is the um, system that Blind Bartimaeus has set up in his life. Because of his issue... He has set up a system. It's not a system that actually deals with the problem. The problem is his blindness. His system that he has set up of begging for money from people doesn't deal with the problem. It's simply just a system of survival. I wonder how many of us today, we have systems set up in our life that don't deal with the root issue of our problem, that don't actually help set us free, but they're just systems of survival. What's your system of survival? Often your system of survival is the thing that you spend the most amount of time doing. Maybe you're somebody here and you know that there's some issues in your life, but you just entrench yourself in work because it doesn't deal with the issues in your life, but it just keeps you busy enough to maybe convince yourself that those issues don't exist. It's not dealing with the issue, it's just a system of survival. It's just, it's just how I get by. Maybe you're someone that's dealing with addictions in your life. Maybe it's an alcohol or drug or pornography addiction. It's a system. It just helps you. You know that there are deeper issues and there's a longing and there's desires and things within your heart and there's an emptiness within your heart, but you can't deal with those issues. You've just set up a system that has helped you just survive. This is what Bartimaeus is doing. Bartimaeus has a system set up that he comes and he begs and he does it every day. And the Bible says in this story, as we've just read, that while blind Bartimaeus is begging, it says that in verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus, of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Now, look at what's happening here. Blind Bartimaeus is operating in the system of what he does, but then he hears that it's not just a regular person is about to walk past him. He hears that it's not just a regular dude that might be able to give him money or food. He hears that this is Jesus. Of Nazareth. This is the one that blind Bartimaeus has heard about that maybe can heal somebody. This is the one that blind Bartimaeus has heard about that carries some sort of power. This is the one that heals people. Blind Bartimaeus recognizes the opportunity that's coming his way. I wonder how many times have we missed opportunities because we were So stuck on the system that we were so used to just doing. If blind Bartimaeus had have stuck to the old system, he would have just kept begging. But he saw the opportunity and recognised the opportunity in front of him was not just for his needs to be met, but his breakthrough to happen. So blind Bartimaeus changes, he changes his system. Because he saw the opportunity. He had heard about Jesus. He had heard about the miracle walker. He had heard about the work that... Jesus had been doing and the lives that he had been changing. He had heard even about the blind people that had been set free. And so when he heard about it, he said, I'm not going to put a demand on him that any man can meet. I'm going to put a demand on Jesus that only the Messiah can meet. I'm not going to ask him just to give me something to help me to survive where I am. I'm going to ask him to break into my situation and shift things radically. I'm going to ask him for a miracle. See, we have to change our system in order to receive what he has for us. Maybe there's a way in which you do things. Maybe there's a personality type that you have. Maybe you're somebody that's not as charismatic that you may be someone that's a little more low-key that maybe it's just the way in which you do life i need to encourage you that when it comes to the things of god in order for you to receive what god wants to pour out you've got to change in the way in which you approach him change the system and you may get your breakthrough that if you would decide that you're going to come to jesus not with the same level of passion that you support your basketball team with, but you're going to come to Jesus with a greater level of passion because you recognize that in order for me to get a breakthrough, I've got to shift the way in which I do things. Maybe it's changing the way in which you operate. Maybe if you started walking into church with a level of hunger that, you, that is different to how you normally walk in, maybe you would walk out with a different breakthrough. Maybe if you made a decision that you're gonna give your Lord and Saviour more time than you give your social media, maybe something would shift in your life and maybe you would get a breakthrough. If you change, if you change the system, Blind Bartimaeus had been operating in a particular system until he heard that it was Jesus coming. When he heard that it was Jesus coming, Blind Bartimaeus thought to himself, "This Jesus is too worthy of my praise." And too able to heal for me to just do what I've been doing before. If he had done what he had been doing before, he would have missed his miracle. But he changed his system and said, I gotta cha- What do you have to change up in your life that could trigger your breakthrough? What little tweaks do you need to do? in the patterns that you have set up in your life that could trigger the miracle that God wants to pour out. What's God saying to you about how you're living and the level of expectation that you have that maybe it's not that God's holding back, but maybe it's that God's desperately wanting to pour out. He's just waiting for you to get a level of expectation that matches His desire to pour out. And maybe if you shifted it and stopped coming to Him begging just for survival, and started saying, God, I need you. It's, It's a powerful thing that blind Bartimaeus does. He changes his system. And so instead of begging, he says, not for this dude. Anybody else I would beg. Anybody else I would just ask them for food or I would ask them for money. But this guy? I'm going to treat this guy differently. He deserves more of your praise than you give your favourite movies. He deserves more of your hunger than anything else that is in your life. You've got to change the system to trigger the miracle. He said, I'm going to, he said, I recognize it's Jesus. So I'm not going to beg for Jesus. I'm going to cry out. For Jesus, I'm not just going to settle right now. For Jesus, he recognized the weight of the opportunity that was in front of him. And he says, I'm not going to miss this. Come hell or high water, I'm not going to miss this thing. And so he yells out and he yells out something that's so profound. He yells out, he's a blind man who knows that Jesus has a history of healing blind people, yet he doesn't yell out, heal my blindness. Bartimaeus yells out and the first thing that he says is, Son of David, have mercy on me. It's so profound. If you understand what that meant, son of David, this was a prophetic declaration that that, that the prophecies had talked about that the Messiah would come through the lineage of David, that he would be called the son of David. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is surrounded by Pharisees and religious leaders who had been who had studied the word but were still demanding something of Jesus to prove himself as the Messiah? And you have a blind guy who cannot even see a letter on a page who already has a revelation. See, there's something about our issues that cause us to see him in a different light. See Sometimes your greatest issues can be your best assets because our issues often create in us a level of hunger that we normally wouldn't have. I don't know about you, but I've got got issues. I got issues i do not want to stay essentially. Bartimaeus is saying... I don't want to stay on the roadside. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. I don't know about the rest of the people around this roadside. I know this dude beside me has an issue the same as I do. And maybe he's going to sit there and just accept it. But not me. i got an issue and I need a breakthrough. And he declares that he starts by declaring son of David, This was a prophetic declaration out of a revelation that came where he understood who Jesus was. He wasn't so concerned with what Jesus had been doing. He had a revelation of who he was and he declared that revelation. This was in fact, if you like, essentially a praise statement. It was a declaration that said, You're the son of God. you got to understand how powerful it is when you come with your praise before you bring your petition. If you come to God with your praise first, that's why David said, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. That's why praise went first. I know you've got things that you need God to do in your life. I know you've got issues that you want God to solve and things that you need done in your family and things that you need done in your mind and in your physical body. But I want to stir you this morning, church, that if you would come to Him with a praise first, that begins first. I dare you to start your praise, your prayer times by saying, Lord God, I want to first come to You and I want I to lift up the Name of Jesus Christ and I wanna thank You for Your goodness to me and I wanna thank You for Your hand upon my life and I wanna thank You for Your guidance and for Your direction. Yes, I've got things that I'm believing for, but we'll get to that in a moment because right now I don't want another second to pass before I give You praise for what You have already done. If You don't do another thing in my life, You have already done enough. You are worthy. I lift You up, Lord. I'm grateful for Your goodness. I'm grateful for Your hand upon my life. I'm grateful for Your protection, for Your guidance. I'm grateful for Your Word. It's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. I'm grateful, Holy Spirit, that You're the comforter. You're the counsellor. You're always with me. You surround me. You guide me. You direct me. You give me peace. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. This man, blind Bartimaeus, surrounded by crowds of people. And these crowds of people were people that knew the teachings of the law. The Bible says that this is Jericho. This is Jericho. It's 15 miles from Jerusalem. This is coming into the Sabbath. This is the build up to the Sabbath. They say, Scholars say that on average there's about 20,000 scholars and teachers and Pharisees that are now making their way to Jerusalem for the Passover. They're saying this is what's happening here. They are all gathering to head to the Passover and they know Jesus. Jesus has a reputation at this point of being somewhat of a rebel in in the time and somewhat of a rebel amongst the Jewish people. And so they're all gathered around Jesus, walking with Jesus because they're trying to see what's about to happen. So this is the crowd that you have surrounding Jesus. You've got his regular disciples and you've got these teachers of the law surrounding Jesus, these are the ones that said to blind Bartimaeus, shut up bro, no one cares. No one cares because no one knew. No one knew what it was like to sit by the roadside every single day. No one knew what it was like. They didn't know what it was like. They were cool. These guys were Connected, these guys were blessed, these guys had the money, these guys had the status, but not blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside, saw an opportunity, shifted his system, and called out to Jesus with a declaration of praise out of a revelation of who he was. When you praise him first, it shifts your perspective. On the petitions you're about to put before him second. When you praise him, it shifts your perspective. You start seeing your issues from an elevated position. The word says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. Often the reason why our issues seem so unbearable is we're looking up at them. A position of praise Gives us that perspective where we look down upon our issues and recognize how much greater our God is to work these things for the good of those who love Him. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus yells out, son of David. And then he says this. He says, Have mercy on me. Son of David. What is this? Is the ultimate act of humility son of david i can't do it on my own son of david my system the way in which i'm doing things it's not working i wish we would get this humble Wish we would get rid of our pride that just keeps continuing to persist to do the same thing and see the same results, not knowing what it would be like to actually humble ourselves and say, God, what I'm doing is not working. Blind Bartimaeus, he said, I need your help. I need you to guide me. I need you to direct me. I need you to set me free. I cannot do it on my own. My system is not working. Jesus, Son of David, I've got issues in my life. Man, would church be different if when we gathered every Sunday morning, we weren't trying so hard to pretend or impress people with our church lingos and our God bless, hallelujah, little church side hug, high fives that we give everybody to pretend like our life is kumbaya when really we're facing all hell, Monday to Saturday, and we just get enough strength to put on a pretty face to get through a service. But maybe your breakthrough would come if you knew what it was to come into a service, throw your hands up before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not caring what anyone else was doing or what anyone else was saying around you, not caring how much your makeup might run or how much your feet might hurt if you decide Decided to praise him and just got before God and said, "God, I got issues. I got it. Maybe we should make that our new greeting in church. How you doing today? I got issues. I think it'd be a breath of fresh air, don't you? Because you know what? The truth is, we've all got issues. We all need His Help. I need Him on my worst days and on my best days. I need Him when the bank account's empty and when it's full. I need Him when I'm floating on a cloud through great times and when I'm walking through hell through the worst of times. I need Him every single day. I got issues I'm working through every single moment and I don't want to get so used to doing life that I don't know what it is to wake up in the morning and get before my Saviour and say, lord i need your help don't wait until things get so bad before you get so hungry i met up with a guy recently in our church just joined our church and businessman and and uh he he just joined our church keys and come i'm gonna wrap up soon and uh we uh he said i want to meet you and catch up and uh and uh, he just wanted to learn more about the church and and uh, our story and things like that so so we caught up and he he gave me the address and I went down to meet where he was and and uh, I went down to this country club that he's uh, that he's a member of and uh, down on Newport coast there and and um Newport Beach I'm sorry and so I, I drove down to the Newport Beach Country Club I mean it's nice you ever gone somewhere and you feel like totally out of place I was waiting for someone to give me their keys thinking I was like a valet or something Hope it's a nice car, you know. And um, and I went down there and they showed me where to go through to the restaurant area. And I walk in there and he's sitting there and we meet. And uh, and we just start talking. And, uh, you know, I ask him his story, and how he found out about the church. And, and we're sitting there, we're having lunch. And as we're sitting there and uh, he just starts sharing, you know, his story. I said to him, how, how did you get saved? And I love hearing, you know, stories of how people got saved and met Jesus and uh, and man as he starts he starts to share his story and uh, as he's talking about the goodness of God and how good God's been to him um tears they start to well up in his eyes and he just continued to share and just just continued to to share what God had done and tears are like streaming down his face and then he asks me my story and then I start sharing and 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 then tears start streaming down my face and 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 we're, we're sitting there in, in this like super nice. I mean, we're surrounded. There's like million, there's billionaires sitting around us. And uh, there we are, two dudes in the middle of, <laughs> come on, in the middle of Newport Coast, Newport Beach Country Club. And we're sitting there crying like a couple of schoolgirls talking about how good God's been. And what, what, what stirred my heart was I'm looking at this man. Who's blessed. God's blessed him. But he didn't allow his blessing to steal his hunger and his desperation to say, yes, God's blessed me. But I still need him. Yes, he's blessed me. Yes, I've, maybe you're here and, and, and maybe maybe things are doing good. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But regardless of where you're at in life, we've all got issues. We're all, I don't care where you're at or how great, we can never forget what it's like to be the blind Bartimaeus and see Jesus and see the opportunity for more and not know what it is to cry out and declare the goodness of God and say, God, have mercy on me. I prayed it this morning. Lord, have mercy on me. I don't know what I'm doing, and I need your help. Your life would radically change. If you started getting honest with God every single day and say, God, have mercy on me. I need your help today. I need your touch. I can't raise these kids. I can't survive in this marriage. I can't do this job. I can't walk into this meeting if your presence, like Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want nothing of it. How much value do we put on the touch of God and the presence of God? Or is he just a a little side note, a little addition every now and then? Is he just a little sprinkling on the top just to add to your already nicely put together life? Or are you someone that has made a decision to take that nicely put together life and surrender it to him and say, God, break this thing down and pull it apart and mould it together and shape it together so that I can reflect what it is to have Jesus Christ at the centre of my life. I've got issues. I've got issues. So I, I need Him every single day. Blind Bartimaeus called out, not once. But twice, hunger, desperation, and consistency. Maybe you're hearing like, Ben, I did that once. Do it again. And then do it again. And then do it again. He says, ask, seek, knock. Too many of us as Christians, we're like, hey, God, I need you nothing cool the longer you stand at the door and knock the greater your demonstration is that you believe that the only answer to your problems is on the other side of that door (laughs) when you just keep knocking and when you just keep believing And when you just remain at the feet of Jesus and say, I'm not leaving here until I get my breakthrough, you are demonstrating that you have a firm belief that your breakthrough cannot come from anywhere else except Jesus Christ Himself. I've got issues. They said, be quiet. And he yelled again, all the more. He yelled again, all the more. And then finally... Jesus, it's a powerful few words in Scripture, Jesus stood still. People are watching Jesus and every movement that he makes. Dude had done some crazy things at this point. This is in the latter moments of Jesus' time. They'd seen him do some crazy things. So the crowd watches. There's people all around him. There's sick people, lame people beside the road. See, he knew that they were sick. He knew the need, but he responded to the hunger. He's walking along, and then when he, he, he hears blind Bartimaeus, he stood still. One of the interpretations, I was sharing with Pastor Javon earlier, one of the interpretations for that, that, that wording is he stood still, means to abide. But it also means this, it means to form a covenant with. Something happened when Jesus stood still. It's almost like a picture of the moment through stopping. He made a covenant with that man's hunger. There was, there was something of this man's hunger and desperation that grabbed the attention of Jesus and stopped him. In his tracks. And Jesus, I love Jesus. Jesus sent the same dudes that told him to be quiet. He said, go get him. I like that. If I was blind about Emmaus, I'd work that. I'd be like, oh, what? He wants me? Oh, he doesn't want you? He wants me? Okay, okay. They said, go get him. This is what Satan means for evil. God will use. I just like that. Jesus says, I could have caught him myself, but you know what? The ones that were trying to hold him back, the situation that was trying to keep them on the roadside, I'm going to use, I'm not just going to use any situation. I'm going to use the situation that tried to keep him there to be the very situation that's going to bring him. I got three minutes. I wish I had more time. He said, go get him. So they went begrudgingly, dragging their feet. They're like, Get up. Must be a mistake, but he wants you. Blind Barnabas is like, Hey. I mean, he's blind, so maybe it wasn't quite like that. Maybe it was more like, Hey. But but he makes this journey, still blind. Talk about a faith walk. Can't see. Can't see. Throws his cloak off. Jesus never said throw the cloak off. Blombarder Man says, is that pumped? He's so pumped, this dude. I don't know what he had under that cloak. I hope it was something. <laughs> maybe maybe it wasn't, you know. Maybe he just got real wild. <laughs> Blombarder Man says, Blind Bartimaeus, get up. He's calling you. Cloak off. Throws it aside. Throws it aside. If you study what blind beggars used to do, the cloak was a, um, it identified them. It was a government issued item of clothing that identified them. If you were a formalized, certified blind person that was a beggar, you were assigned a particular coat. Blind Bartimaeus throwing the coat, it wasn't just throwing a coat, it was a declaration. (laughs) Where he said, I know, I know I'm still blind, but this is not me. And I don't need this anymore. Listen to this, this act of throwing off the cloak wouldn't be such a big deal if he threw the coat off when he got healed. Watch this dude's faith. Just at the mere thought that maybe his healing is on its way, he said, I'm going to throw this thing off right now. I'm not going to wait till the healing comes. I'm going to get rid of any possible limitation that might try to hold me back. Any mindset that might try to keep me where I am. And I'm going to start making my way in faith knowing that my break is in front of me. Get out of my way. I might have issues, but I'm moving toward my breakthrough and my miracle, my miracle is coming. Say, it's not me. It's not me. I got issues, but it's not me. And he starts making his way. Stand on your feet. I'm going to close. Blind man. You ever tried, you ever done it before where you've just closed your eyes and just walked to try and just, just for a moment, just to imagine what it's like? Blind man. I wish I could have been there to watch this dude walked through the crowd of haters that had told him to shut up. I wonder if any one of them were helping him, directing him. I bet not. Just walking. Am I going the right way? Just listening for that same voice that he heard. It's getting closer. Man, the anticipation must have been big, hey. Here he is, thrown off his identity, thrown off what he's known for, made a declaration before his miracle. Now he's a blind man, just walking through a crowd. And he finally, he gets to Jesus. And I love Jesus. I like to picture Jesus just looking at him with a smile on his face, watching this crazy dude, bat crazy, screaming out on the side of the road. I love to just think of Jesus down. Look at this dude. Making his way, stumbling through a crowd, no coat, can't see people all around him that hated him. And finally... Here he is before Jesus. Still can't see, but he's ready. And Jesus, he hears the voice. The blind man says, "Man, that was that was tough. Those cats—they were pointing me in the wrong direction. Stupid morons are trying to tell me to go back to the road. And a couple of dudes pushed me and tripped over a few things. And someone spat on me. And I didn't know where to go. But, but Jesus, is that you?" Jesus says, hey, what do you want me to do? Man, that must have been, for him in that moment, that must have just been, I made it. Lord, I want to see. And Jesus says, your faith. As if to say, bro, this isn't about me. This is about you. Jesus as if to say, are you kidding me? After what I just saw you do? You're as crazy as the day is long, but you're also as faith-filled as I've ever seen. And because of your faith, I didn't heal you. That journey, your what healed him? Jesus said, what was the journey? Was his faith. And Jesus looks at him and said, I didn't heal you, go your way. Because what you've been doing those last few moments, when you started screaming and threw off a coat and started walking through your haters blind, it wasn't me that healed you. It was what just happened in the last 10 minutes that took faith, is that that healed you. I wanna encourage you, the journey that you're walking through right now is the very thing that's about to unlock your breakthrough and your healing. Don't grow weary in well-doing because your miracle is on its way. Why don't you take about 18 seconds from the front to the back to the right and give your Jesus some praise as we declare this this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.